In this podcast episode, we want to introduce you to our BCEN friend, Antoinette Weathers. Janie Shoemaker and Mark Eggers talk with Antoinette about her career of over 35 years in emergency nursing. She has something that many people do not have, a 35-year pin from the Board of Certification for Emergency Nurses. They also talk about the book she recently wrote and highlight some of the stories it holds. This episode is called From the Stretcher Side to the Boardroom. Hello, and welcome to BCN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our conversations interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Mark Eggers, Manager of Education Technology Services at BCN, and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host, Jenny Shoemaker, CEO at BCN. Hi, Janie. Hi, Mark. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Antoinette Weathers. Janie, could you please tell us about our BCN and friend, Antoinette? I sure will, Mark. Thank you. Antoinette has many years of healthcare experience. She's one of those industry leaders that Mark was talking about in his introduction. She progressed from a novice stretcher side nurse to management, leadership, and professional development roles. She believes strongly in lifelong learning, and it shows in her background. She recently received a 35-year pin from the Board of Certification for Emergency Nursing. Antoinette, welcome to the BCEN and Friends podcast. It is a pleasure to have you with us today. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Mark and Janie. Um, just a, a little bit of a background about myself. Uh, I've lived in uh, Hampton Roads, uh, which is home to the largest concentration of military personnel for my entire life. Uh, my husband, Paul, is retired from the Army, and he is a professional musician. And uh, I've never had any children uh, unless... You want to count the uh, four-legged variety, in which case that would make me a parent. I have a I have a white German shepherd who's appropriately named Winter Weathers. And you may recall from the last fireside chat that Winter's a little camera shy. He prefers podcasts, so just in case he has something to say today. But uh, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a nurse. Well, that's great. Um, thank you for telling us a little bit about yourself. Mark, I'm going to let you start us off with our first question. Okay, great. It looks like you've had quite a bit of nursing career. Could you please tell us about it? Uh, I'd love to. Uh, well, my career began about 43 years ago. I started off as a certified nursing assistant and uh, then uh, became an emergency medical technician, uh, too. Then soon after that, I became a licensed practical nurse or LPN and a medic. So I was working in the field as well as in the hospital. And Jada, you may remember this. Back in that era, it was almost a requirement to work mid-surge before going into a specialty area. Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I was working as a med-surg nurse and in critical care before finally landing my dream job in the emergency department. 
by circa 1984, I was a registered nurse and I hurdled each stepping stone. I did it the long haul from an associate degree in nursing to BSN and then to master of science or MSN in nursing. And along the way, I, I was very active in the Emergency Nurses Association. I achieved a certification in emergency nursing or CEN status. And uh, I also became a sexual assault nurse examiner and an instructor for courses such as uh, TNCC, ENPC, those emergency courses. And I know it, I know it sounds like alphabet soup, but I've held stretcher side leadership and professional development roles throughout my career. And finally, I'm in retirement, uh, if you can call it that. Uh, I've uh, completed uh, many postgraduate courses. I still serve on a biomedical ethics committee and uh, I'm an author, so I'm always doing writing and speaking like today. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that 35-year pin that you just received for having your CEN for 35 oh, years. That is huge. Not many people can say that. That's a huge accomplishment. Oh, thank you. Along with everything else that you have accomplished, it's very impressive. So Antoinette, during the pandemic, you know, we all kind of had to decide what it was we were going to spend our time doing and how things were going to shift for us. But you decided to take an opportunity during the pandemic and really pass along your vast experience. And you wrote a book. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? What inspired you? And what's the book about? Okay, sure. Uh, I decided to write a book and it's titled Leadership in Retrospect from the stretcher side to the boardroom because uh, of the state of nursing today. Uh, I believe the pandemic was uh, a tipping point with a devastating insult to many healthcare workers, physical and mental well-being. And you know, furthermore, I think we sometimes forget the battle-scarred leaders as we're focusing on the frontline casualties. Leaders, as well as emerging leaders, are, are not immune to burnout. Uh, nurses at, at all levels continue to exit the profession, and this just compounds the nursing shortage that began well, long before the pandemic struck. And you know, why, why are they leaving? I, I believe many leave due to lack of support, uh, unsafe patient-staff ratios, unplanned overtime, boarding of admitted patients in the EDs, and uh, because nurses even sometimes find themselves caring for patients outside of their realm of expertise with minimal training. And all of these things, they take a toll. They take a toll on our well-being, and they result in a diminished professional satisfaction. But you know, I also know in my heart that there's a way that we can reclaim happiness. We can revel again in passion for the profession. Now, myself, I'm a, I'm a visual learner. I'm a nerd. I, I like models. And so I, I developed a conceptual framework for survival and success, focusing on three big C's. Uh, collaboration, connections, and communication. Uh, plus, 
of paramount importance you. J.D., self-refinement is at the apex of the model. Tell us more about that. Well, uh, you know, 40, uh, you know, 40 years ago or so, uh, I, I, I learned, uh, I, I started learning lessons. <laughs> and so that's what the book is. I, I can say I really started uh, writing it 40 years ago. Maybe it's taken 40 years to write it, but I learned yeah. very, um, very many lessons and probably the most valuable uh, stretcher side lesson of my career was first, do no harm. There are countless tragic stories of, of patients killed and injured by experienced, caring professionals, good people who went to work one day and they, they made a deadly error. Yes. Uh, yeah, of, you, you, I'm sure you, you're familiar with a very high profile case that recently made national news. Yes. Uh, no one uh, is immune from making mistakes. Uh, but the key, I think, to dealing effectively uh, with these near misses, slips, and mistakes is that we learn from them and then we go on to share lessons, these lessons to build competence, not only in your department but for the organization and for the profession. After safety, uh, the next priority, be kind. Uh, I remember uh, a quote from the movie Patch Adams. Have you seen Patch Adams? I have. Okay. You might remember the quote, you treat a disease, you win, you lose. You treat a person, I guarantee you, you'll win no matter what the outcome. So be yeah. safe. Yeah, be safe. You be kind and make the patient better if you can. Yeah, that's uh, very powerful. Very powerful. There's nothing, um, nothing, nothing more important, I think, than that human connection and treating people like a person, as you're saying. Right. It's that, it's that face-to-face and heart-to-heart. And then uh, another lesson uh, from uh, you know, my years is to apply the win principle every day and win, uh, W-I-N, what's important now. And uh, I'll pause here and offer a confession. Um, as a manager, nurses in my department would sometimes work all the way through their shifts skipping meals and you know they're seeing an endless stream of patients on a full bladder and empty stomach and uh, yeah I, I I was once like a managerial puppet I was enforcing archaic practices and policies was it really that big of a deal that a nurse was drinking water at the desk or maybe checking her cell phone just to see if a child left a message yeah. yeah, it really doesn't seem like it now that you reflect on it. Um, I, I've thought about those things too. I, yeah. I know, yeah, I know what you're saying. The answer is no. I think yeah. the truth is, I think for hospital leaders to fulfill their mission, they must first value and, and care for nurses because really nurses need just these small doses of kudos and support to feel appreciated that in turn their feelings of being valued and supported are transferred to their patients. And that kind of summarizes the win principle. Ask yourself every day, what's important now? And don't get mired down with all that small stuff. Instead, uh, keep everybody's efforts focused on the goals that matter most and build a 
performance-oriented culture because what really matters is outcomes. So true. So true. Yeah. And I, if it's okay with you, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'd like to share just one more lesson. I don't want to do a book spoiler, but is it okay if I just share one more? Absolutely. I think your lessons that you're sharing are so important for us to hear. So please. Okay. Well, well just one more. And, and uh, Mark, I hope you don't have to edit this out, but pardon the expression, DS the chair whether you're at triage in an emergency department or you're at a nurse's station on an inpatient unit, uh, the default position's at the bedside. Uh, I, I've always been perplexed when uh, nurses are assigned to triage because they're on so-called light duty. Uh, I, I just ask managers, please don't do that because only your fittest, your smartest nurses with the strongest interpersonal skills belong at triage. And, you know, uh, you know, Mark and Jamie, I'm thinking of adding bravest to that list, given the events of the past month. Mm. Uh, triage, yeah, you know, right. Uh, triage nurses must be able to pivot quickly. Uh, I remember one night many years ago, I was uh, working in the ED uh, and I was at triage and uh, we were bustling and this tall, thin, lanky looking adolescent guy uh, arrives and he signed in with a chief complaint of difficulty breathing that he's young. He, he didn't seem like he was in any respiratory distress across the room, uh, but he did look like he was a little anxious. Uh, there were about five people signed in ahead of him. And you know, because so many people were presenting to triage you know, simultaneously, I rounded in the waiting room because I just wanted to prioritize who I would see, what order I would see these patients in. I, I went over to the young man and he said he just coughed and, and then he felt a sharp pain in his chest. And then that was followed by the shortness of breath. I, I listened and his breath sounds were markedly diminished on one side when I auscultated his chest. And so I reached down for his wrist and I noted that his pulse, hmm, pulse is a little fast and his skin a little bit moist. So I immediately triaged him to the main treatment area and I talked with the physician and we ordered a stat portable chest early identification of, and I'm sure you're guessing this already, a spontaneous pneumothorax pre uh, prevented a, a life-threatening condition. And so my first thought was there, but for the grace of God, go I. And so when I worked triage, it, my seat never became too warm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's quite a story. Yeah. He could have yeah, <laughs> had a bad outcome if he decided. It could have been a tension if I sat around and waited and triaged yeah. everyone ahead of him. Yeah. And you can't always judge a book by its covers the other way. Takeaway mm -hmm. I'm getting from that. Uh huh. That's yeah. a good takeaway. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that your book sounds like it has got some um, really exceptional things for all of us to learn from. Um, tell us again what the name of it is. It is called Leadership in Retrospect from the Stretcher Side to the Boardroom. All right. It's really based on, you know, all of those 35 years as a certified emergency nurse, and you know, it, which, which is so important to have that specialty certification. 
Yes, I would agree with that. And speaking of that, um, Antoinette, you we said earlier in the podcast that you had had your credential, your certified emergency nurse for 35 years. So those are those nurses that might be listening that are considering a certification or they haven't quite decided if it's the right thing for them to do, or maybe they're certified and they're not sure they're going to renew, what would you tell them? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, above all else, I believe there's a connection between specialty certification and better patient outcomes. And, and like in, like I just talked about, even lives saved. And, you know, uh, I'm going to use a phrase, let's tune our radio to WIIFM, what's in it for me. And, and that's not being selfish, because we never stop growing and learning. I think that when we graduate from nursing school, we're at ground zero. We're focusing on developing competency, knowledge, skills, abilities that hopefully give rise to behaviors needed for effective performance in our specialty. Now, whatever that is, it may be pediatrics, flight, transport, emergency nursing, burn, trauma, or trauma care, or something else. But during this period, education becomes synergistic with work and experience. But it's also a time to make yourself marketable uh, by obtaining specialty certification. And so it, it enhances our credibility by validating knowledge and a higher level of competence. I think I, I really do believe certification is a mark of excellence, but more importantly, our employers and the consumers, our patients are taking notice. I, I always would appreciate it when one of my colleagues would manage me up during a, a handoff or shift uh, report by telling a patient, you know, internet, it's going to be your nurse for the rest of today. And by the way, she's a certified emergency nurse. So it gave me a way to really begin my shift on the right foot. It's a great way to, to potentially increase earnings. And for those who are just considering, do I, do I recertify again? Well, it's not a, ever a one and done. It matters to maintain that, that specialty certification as well. Did yeah, that well, answer I, that? <laughs> yes. And I, you know, I, I obviously agree very much wholeheartedly with you. And uh, I want to, I want to call out one thing you did say there about the managing up piece. So when you are handing off your patient to the next nurse, um, it's always good to manage that person up. And, and we don't do a very good job, I've noticed, as nurses to say, my name's Janie, I'm going to be the nurse taking care of you, and I am a certified emergency nurse. Or this is Antoinette, she is coming on, she's going to take over for me, and she's a certified emergency nurse. We could do a lot better with that because that instantly gives people more confidence when you speak that way and call out those things, those extra accomplishments that we have. And even if we're not certified, maybe we just have been on the job six months. We still need to say, this is so-and-so. They're a great nurse. You're in good hands with them. They're going to take wonderful care of you. We need to manage ourselves and each other up more than we do. Uh, oh, I can't agree with you more. And uh, I, I, I believe in uh, managing one another off as well as narrating our care and our handoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we know that communication is the number one reason why those mistakes you were talking about a few minutes ago are made in the first place. Right. One of the three big C's, communication. Exactly. 
Exactly. All right. Well, I'm hogging all the questions, so I'm going to turn it back to my co-host, Mark, at this time. Thank you, Janie. So, Antoinette, you've had a full life, a full career. Can you tell us about a person or moment in your career that greatly impacted you? Mm, so, so many, uh, Mark. Um, I've been blessed with so many wonderful mentors. And I think that if I had to choose one single one out, it would be a, a nurse named Linda. Linda uh, was my, Linda Witt. She was a preceptor uh, many years ago. And like me, uh, she maintained her specialty certification even in retirement. Uh, that's a great part of the uh, the program that is offered as a certified emergency nurse. I can maintain my certification in retirement. And it, I think there's so many things um, you're, you're just so proud of. You just can't ever let them go. And certification is one of them. Linda uh, was also the beta reader for my book, and she provided constructive criticism that resulted in a very polished manuscript. Uh, but sadly, um, my thoughtful, caring, loving, generous, and I can just go on and on, tenacious, smart mentor, friend, uh, she passed away this April. Uh, very, very uh, rapid um, demise. Uh, an ER doctor described her best. And he said, it goes without saying, there will never be another Linda Witt. She was the best ER nurse any of us doctors ever knew. She kept the doctor straight. She found pathology when others weren't even looking, remained a patient advocate in all situations, lived life to the fullest, all while putting others in the limelight, never herself. And uh, this doctor said, my career started with Linda. It ends with Linda. It would not have been the same without her. And I echo that. And I think that sums it up really well. Linda, uh, with, she was a nurse we all aspire to be. And as professionals, I think it's our duty to always pay it forward. And it's also an opportunity given us to leave behind a legacy like Linda did. The best uh, mentors are ones who share their knowledge as widely as possible, I think, in the hope that uh, it will benefit others. Well, that's very good. Linda. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, uh, yeah. I miss Linda. I bet you do. I'm going to turn it a little bit now to what's called our few rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. So... What would you be doing if you were not in your current role? What is there any other thing in life that you thought about you wanted to do? Well, yeah, traveling. I'd love to take a cruise to Alaska. Oh, great. Excellent. That would be good. Have you traveled around some other than Alaska? Have you been other places? Uh, mostly local. Mm -hmm. Mostly local traveling. Good. Good for you. Now, I have three categories regarding your favorites and what your favorites would be. Uh, what's your favorite book? Uh, well, well, my favorite book, believe it or not, is called A Knight in Shining Armor by Jude Devereaux. Neat. I love it. And mm -hmm. how about a favorite movie? Uh, the Sound of Music. I think I've seen it 14 times. <laughs> oh, it's a good one. Uh, it is good. As soon as you think it, I think of The Hills Are Alive. But okay. mm -hmm. <laughs> The one song I can play on the piano because I'm not a musician like my <laughs> husband. <laughs> and your favorite song talking about music. Uh, what a Wonderful World by uh, Louis or Louis Armstrong. Yeah, it's a very yeah. good. Very good. Love that song. And how about a comfort food or meal that you really enjoy? 
it would be comfort food, uh, white pizza with a lot of garlic. Wow. Neat. <laughs> Super. And how about, uh, you know, in your busy schedule with all that's going on, do you have any other hobbies or interests? Hobbies and interests are so important for self-care and uh, gardening, yoga. Uh, in fact, I was uh, in a yoga class this morning, reading uh, long walks with my husband and, of course, my dog. And what's your dog's name? Winter Weathers. Winter Weathers. Okay, neat. I love it. So, Antoinette, if our audience would like to follow you online, uh, what social media platforms are you on? Well, I'm on uh, Facebook uh, under Hummingbird Publishing, uh, at Virginia Author, LinkedIn, Instagram. But my uh, preferred method of contact is by personal email at uh, stormyweathers.com author at gmail.com. Excellent. And I will put that in the notes as far as the scripture when the podcast gets published. So if the audience out there wants to know the information and catch it on here, you can catch it on the uh, description of this podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. So I want to thank you for taking this time, Antoinette, for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you for sharing your story, your time, just overall was great. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you, Mark and Janie. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was wonderful to have you. Thank you. Thank you. And to all our listeners, we hope you'll stay tuned as we continue on with BCN and Friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcn at bcn.org. I'm Mark Eggers here with Janie Shoemaker. And on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, 